hope today is a day filled with bright joy. It's lovely just not to have rain, isn't it, to be honest, but it's really wonderful. Easter is supposed to be a day of bright joy. But as I shared at the 8 a.m. service this morning, in this account, it's one that actually begins in darkness. Easter is all about bright and glorious things, but it begins in the dark, in the murk half-light. In John 20, we're told right from the beginning, I don't know if you noticed it, that Mary Magdalene uh, would, on this kind of day that became known as Resurrection Sunday, came to the tomb while it was still dark. And I think that's really important. It's often something that we miss and perhaps not think about. Because how you get to Easter has a really big influence on what Easter's actually like for you and how you're going to experience it. The setting from which the resurrection emerges shapes what the resurrection means. And I think John 20 is a really interesting account of um, the resurrection. It's really undramatic. It's really almost understated in some ways um, until you get to kind of the end of the account. And, and what you find is all the characters, are, they're kind of not jumping up and down in joy and, and kind of um, ecstatic excitement. Actually, there's a lot of head scratching. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of bewildered emotions. And there's also deep heart-rending sorrow. It's quite subdued. Now, I don't think it's that John failed to understand that Easter Day is supposed to be a day of celebration, but I think he's trying to help us understand the context of everything that was going on. And maybe that's really important for us. It begins on a dark morning, that first Easter morning. Mary finds just about enough light to pick her way to the tomb. We suspect to simply weep, to mourn, to pay her respects. She's deeply shocked to discover that someone had been tampering with the tomb for some untoward ghastly reason. She doesn't investigate any further at this point. I guess she knows that the body must have been taken. There's been grave um, thieves around. Something terrible has happened, and she runs for help. In fact, there's actually a lot of running in this story you see in John's account in, in, in John chapter 20. It's not kind of leaping and skipping. It's kind of confused running. Peter and the other disciple, presumably John, run to check um, this terrible news. And they confirm that the stone has indeed been moved away. It's rather strange. We're told they discover that it's empty, that the burial clothes have been left. They've been neatly folded. There's this incredible detail about them being folded up. And whatever conclusions the two of them draw at that moment, we don't really know. They're reported in verse 10, in verse 10 as simply going back home. There's no emotions described. They don't, we're not told if they're happy, sad, traumatized, confused, nothing. They go. They don't even say goodbye to Mary. They just silently slope, slope away. And Mary, she's just left weeping in the garden. As I say, we begin this chapter with while it was still dark. And no matter how kind of high the sun may have risen over the horizon by now, there's still a darkness here in the garden. The first emotion we have described to us is one of deep sorrow that Mary's feeling. She's bawling her eyes out, and this is where Easter truly begins. In darkness, in lament, in confusion, and in pain. And there's the shadow of death lingering everywhere. But of course, that is not where the story ends. It's where it begins, and I think that beginning is really important. As an aside, you'll, you'll notice that Mary doesn't recognize Jesus, first of all. In fact, at the end of Matthew's Gospel, one of the last words we read is that although Jesus is standing in the middle of all his friends, Jesus looked different enough that they weren't actually, some doubted who he really was. 
but it really was him there in that moment. And Mary looks at him and she mistakes him for a stranger. There's something different about his resurrection body. It is Jesus, but there's something a little bit different about him. Of course, they discover what that is soon. He's standing there in front of her. And in that moment, she becomes the first ordained evangelist as Jesus says to Mary, go and tell everyone, go and preach the good news, I am alive. So Mary, of course, is ecstatic. She's over the moon. But Easter doesn't so much burst into John's account as sort of creeps slowly emerging from the darkness, from this kind of tone of confusion and uncertainty and death and sadness. And I wonder as I read John's Gospel again this year, whether God gives us that for a reason in this account. It feels really authentic. It's not triumphalistic or embroidered or embellished. It feels like a real witness testimony. No one sees Jesus actually physically coming out the tomb in that moment, and so John doesn't pretend that anyone did. He just tells it exactly as it was. It feels so authentic. And the thing that really attracts me to this kind of account of, the, of the Jesus' resurrection is that it somehow matches our own experience so often. Easter in John 20 emerges from a place of pain and death and darkness, shadows and confusion, which is exactly where most people need to find Easter with all its resurrection promise and hope. On a Good Friday, we had a service up at St. Thomas of Becket and we had this kind of hour's reflection and meditation with the gospel readings and the accounts of the crucifixion and those last minutes of Jesus' death and the people there who were watching and witnessing it from the different uh, gospels. And we had some bits of music and one of the pieces of music we listened to, uh, one of the hymns we finished was with Abide With Me, an a cappella version of, of Abide With Me being sung. And in verse two, there's these words, change and decay in all around I see. As I was, was listening to those words and thinking about it, I was thinking to myself, you could just simply think that the hymn writer was having a really bad day. Change and decay and all around I see. Maybe some of us feel a bit like that when we read the news, when we look at the world. Was he having a bad day? I don't think so. I think it's just a realism-based assessment of life where death and darkness feels like it's surrounding us so often. Certainly if you read the news, it does feel like that. And so John opens this magnificent chapter with, while it was still dark, and in a really real way, I know for many of us here, darkness and death persists in our lives and around us and in the world in which we live. I guess with the war in the Ukraine, it's really easy to become so acclimatized to war and death and destruction that we almost become anesthetized to it. We get used to it. There is darkness in our world. There's darkness in our community. And if we're really honest, there's darkness in our own hearts. There's shadows of death and pain and uncertainty and confusion. And as we look at the world, a bit like Abide With Me, change and decay and all around I see, it feels like it's not getting better, but worse. But that's where the great news of John 20 comes. Because resurrection life creeps up on us, even in the darkness, and begins to break through our confusion and our pain and our fears. Easter comes for those who, like Mary, find themselves crying their eyes out some days. Maybe many days. The triumph of God's life is real. Jesus is alive. Life, not death, has the last and best word. So we celebrate. So we celebrate rightly today. We serve a risen saviour who is worthy of every alleluia we can muster.
So let's not forget the gospel, the gospel good news, the news of the gospel, the good news of Jesus comes often and emerges from the shadows of the very real painful world in which we live. Death and darkness are the context for Easter. But there's the brightness and hope from the shadows we find Jesus' life bursting in. And John 20 then doesn't just give us a politician's soundbite Easter or a media spin PR promo Easter. It gives us a real life rooted in pain and confusion and darkness, rooted in humanity's brokenness Easter, one that actually was true for us, the pain of this world. We need resurrection hope. We need to encounter Jesus, the risen saviour. And it's good news that we can link here with today. It's news that can transform us. Because if Easter's joy and power requires the blare of trumpets and constant smiley faces and dancing and unbridled joy, if that's the only way you can encounter Easter, well, I think who among us can live up to that? But actually, John 20 gives us good news. That in the midst of darkness, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of shadows, there is a saviour waiting, standing there, watching with eyes of love standing in the shadows and he is brimming with new life and he's waiting to speak your name because he knows who you are this easter my prayer for each of us is that we'll experience his light in the darkness and we'll hear him calling our voice at which we recognize that the messiah the risen one is here the teacher the master the friend may you hear his his voice to you in the garden this easter let's take a moment to pray